Okay, so a very special and unique episode very of unique. Under the Bar podcast. In fact, it's not really an episode in the no. true sense of the word. Well, the, the only thing that is real is the, the fact that we're in the Millennium Noggin. You've got your uh, thongs off, yep. wiggling the toes. Can you feel that shag pile between the toes? Doesn't oh, it feel it's nice? It's so pleasant. It's lovely. Yeah. And Cam can eat cookies and, and drop the crumbs, and, and I won't even know there's crumbs on the floor. No, that's right. The they beauty just of shag pile. Buried amongst the fibres. Yep. Never to be Fi- seen Never to be seen. Never get those out. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. that's... Because Cam is our resident Wookiee. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Okay. okay, so... Special episode. Special episode, Where, What were we going to say? Well, I tell you what, for anyone out there that's followed... Strength training and bodybuilding mm. for a period of time. Mm. T Nation. Have been online Anyone? and dug around for answers. Yep. They would have Search. most certainly come across some of Christian Thibodeau's work. Method to the Madness. He's been prolific online for many years. He was out here in Australia last year. Sell out seminars. Wonderful seminar. It was mm. really one of the. One, <coughs> actually, excuse me, just to really. <coughs> in your ear, the listener. <laughs> I mean, you do seminars, but this is one that you actually refer back to. You, you, you actually said that you, you've got all your notes and, and it'll be a, a, almost a daily occurrence. You'll flick through the notes and, and get programming ideas and yes. all sorts of cool stuff. So a really quality seminar. We're going to talk to him specifically today about some really fresh content that he's mm. doing and a fresh interview. So if you have heard Tibbs, yeah. you haven't heard him like this. Yeah. And this is part of in a roundabout way what he's talking about in his seminar and we'll mm. wait for him to explain it but it's, it's about optimising your true nature mm. 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 and uh, once he ascertained that he was the way he was because of his Asperger's syndrome well if, if that's for our listeners Hamburger's syndrome yes well, which we know that you've clearly got yes but I dare say that aside from the Hamburger's syndrome mm. there's probably you're, you're on that spectrum somewhere yeah. um, on, the, on the meso soup of, of, of that spectrum yeah, that's, that's correct Tom <laughs> like if we if we look at some of the Asperger's syndrome is a condition on the autism spectrum uh-huh. with generally higher functioning yeah oh yeah I don't know about that no, people with this condition may be socially awkward and uh-huh. have an all-absorbing interest in specific topics yeah, yeah complex. now Rawdon, when your life really started to, uh, <laughs> to, to to blossom yeah. into the happiest that you've ever been and as a human being. what's that called? What's the phrase that uh, Thibs, it's a neuro, uh, you know, what you said at the start. So he's optimizing. Optimizing his true nature. True nature. Yep, that's when I started optimizing my true nature. Yeah, once you really uh, cleared everything, all the junk, all, Deadwood. The, all the way. But we're grateful for, uh, yeah. you know. And then focus specifically on this one area that you were most passionate about. Yeah life has blossomed yeah look when I really discovered coffee uh, I haven't looked back Tommy you know like (laughs) you know for our listeners that don't drink 10 cups a day I think they should yes but yeah all jokes aside uh, yeah like I mean it was interesting uh, the big chicken schnitty I was training with him yesterday at Bond Street uh, the the mecca of fitness first uh, yes in here in Sydney and um, and he said I've never seen you happier mate yeah and I said look man it's uh, it's been a work in progress I had to like you said get rid of a bit of dead wood uh, over the last uh, couple of years and uh, you know it's taken me a good 12 months or so to, to really and, and I guess uh, you know we joke about it, it's black and white for me you know you either toe the line or you don't and uh, maybe it's I mean I'm not saying I have Asperger's in any significance but, but certainly some of the traits like I just I don't have the inability to work with anyone that, that doesn't do it this way yes. you know it's like well can I do it no no well no you can't it, yeah. it can't be done that way no <laughs> it's got to be done this way yeah. this works yeah. works today because this this and this yeah. this is all the research behind it Yeah, can't do it that way no it won't work whole prep off yeah sacked <laughs> you know, it's sort of like that but yeah. that, that's the process and, it, and it, it's really quite hard for me when and, and I'm in a dilemma when they when when it, when it isn't followed 100% it's like, mm. like I feel really 
like I've got to do something. Like, what do I do? Do I do I reprimand them or do I? It's 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 quite a, a an awkward an process awkward when, when you, things yeah. are, I don't understand it. Why aren't you following it? Yeah, yeah. I've given you the plan. It's got immense detail. Like, why? Yes, it's it's quite strange. But uh, but yeah, that uh, optimizing uh, what was it? Optimizing optimizing your true nature. True nature. Your true yes. nature. And and so Tibbs he will go into that. And I think we're all fortunate in this industry that uh, Tibbs is uh, Asperger's because without that single-minded focus on training yeah we wouldn't be able to benefit from the great content that he's put together and he's yeah. obsessive about this yep and it's fresh new content that yes. he believes is going to change the direction of his career yep. and the direction of his life and the details for that course he's going to be out here at the end of this month may so perth may 27th and 28th uh at uh, with the glossops over there in the tough team over at perth yep correct then he's up in, in Sydney on June 3rd and 4th. At uh, the Icon where you reside, uh, yep. And then Melbourne, he's down to Melbourne on June 10th and 11th. With uh, the legend that is Sam Hanna down at Iron Game Fitness and uh, one of the Adams brothers down there. Hi, guys. So now to book, you go to iconperformancehealth.com.au forward slash education. You can contact Emily info at iconph.com.au yep now you can get a discount on the course if you reference the under the bar code word oh uh, yeah which is balls deep two words two balls words deep. balls deep you can deep. say it one word balls deep balls deep <laughs> balls deep if you want but two words yeah now they're already selling out I think there's already 20 odd in uh, Sydney maybe there's one I was talking yeah. to Emily about it the other day but yeah. there's not there's not a huge amount of space left it's $950 per person. That's for the two days of the course. There are Then there's the discount for Under the Bar listeners, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there are group discounts available. So if you've got a few mates or if mm-hmm. you have a facility and you want a number of staff members to go, yep. contact Emily, explain the situation, and there'll be um, discounts on offer there. So Mate, it's That's got all the bells and whistles. Yep. Content, discounts... Passwords. Balls deep, passwords. I, I don't know if the listeners need any more time. No, well, all they need to do if they're on the fence is just tune into the, to, to this in episode, have a listen to what he's got to say, see if it resonates with you, mm-hmm. how you like to run your business and your life and work with your clientele. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, enjoy. sign on the dotted line. Well, here we are in the Millennium Noggin Studios yeah. here, Rawdon. Shag pile um, beneath the toes. Wiggling the toes through mm. the shag pile. Mm. It's delightful. And we're mm. here to record a very special very seminar special. promo with uh, our good friend Tippy Toes, uh, Christian yep. Tobito. <laughs> otherwise known as. Uh, otherwise known as the Tippy Toes. <laughs> his actual name. Uh, I believe he's actually, he's got the Tobito teaching stick in hand right now. Yep, uh, yep. He's and got his new, new jacket his with, new with, zipper with zipper. On, yep. New zipper up jacket. So he's actually going to be out here. Uh, Soon. At the end of this month. So May 27th and 28th, he's going to be in Perth. And that starts basically a month of touring for yep. Christian. He's going to go from Perth to Sydney on the 3rd and 4th of June. And then he's down in Melbourne on the 10th and 11th of June. And I think it's uh, with uh, the Glossops over a tough team over in uh, Perth, I think. Yep. And then uh, Sam Hanna, Iron Game Fitness, I think, in Melbourne. In Melbourne. Excellent. Yep. And he'll be back, uh, at, up at Icon, of back course. Back at Icon in Sydney. We'll give yep. you all the details for that. And we did a bit of a... 
uh, a review of his last course run yeah. and went through a couple of the cool training systems that Very we cool. started applying. And Leak, uh, strength leaks. Strength leaks. All strength leaks included. Yep. yep. Was certainly, from my perspective, as uh, as I mentioned then, and I'll say it again now, for someone who writes a high volume of programs, you do. It's a toolkit. It's a presentation. I keep on yeah. the desktop. I yeah. open it up and go back when I'm yeah. got a bit of a writer's block yeah. and, and refer to it on a regular basis. And yeah. really, uh, one of the most beneficial courses I've done yeah, for yeah, quite yeah. a while was great. Absolutely awesome. And uh, we joke about his uh, presentation, but his his ability to teach is very good. Yes. Different. Yeah, one thing to be able to lecture. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can all have our little Tobito uh, security stick there to to help us lecture. But another thing to actually teach and and the attendees actually learn yep. what you're trying to present. You know, <laughs> you and I found yeah. this firsthand. We're, yeah. we're good at sort of rattling off all the content and going yeah. over time, but yeah. it's another thing to actually be able to present and, and educate and uh, and teach, which is. You know, one of uh, Christian's uh, yep. big strengths. So, really looking forward to it. Awesome. So, if you want Christian's full story, you can go back to episode 14. Holy where he does it. We would be really rusty back we then. We would have been a bit rusty back then, yeah, yeah, where he talks about his background. But today, we're going to, you know, hone in on his course content yeah. for his upcoming tour. So, Tibbs, welcome back to the podcast, mate, and thank you for your time. Well, it's great for being here again. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm happy to have my voice back because, as I mentioned, uh, like before the interview, I almost lost my voice in the UK while teaching because to be honest that material I'm so passionate about it that yeah. I, I basically almost scream at it <laughs> so it, it, it's gonna be really awesome to be yeah. honest very yeah. good very good and and you yeah. don't need a mic either I think no, we actually, had, it would yeah. crap my style to it be honest would, yeah. I, I, I yeah. can't hold a mic and my stick at the same time <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, true, true. very true true oh, uh, just my zipper yeah <laughs> <laughs> you've only got so many hands you've only got so many hands yeah. now um yeah christian obviously i knew you were coming on the show today so i spent a good half an hour or so this yeah. morning going through your outline for your course making yeah. sure i was familiar with everything yeah. and then obviously send, really sending your deposit based on I completely the, changed it yeah and now the course content's been changed but if it sounds exciting so we don't know anything about it you said this just before you came on air but it's and, a revolutionary and material which could change the direction of your career the best yeah. best well, content you've created best to content date. so what, what what have we got in store well really i mean and, and some people who are familiar with uh, charles's material know that charles brushed on it mm -hmm. i don't want to uh, like get into too many details because i don't have the same opinion as he does on many different topics so uh, let's just leave it at that but it refers to how to use someone's neurological profile to select the best training variable uh, how to adjust volume how to adjust frequency uh, should you go more toward the intensity zone or more neural training should you focus wow. more on mind muscle connection training depending on the person and of course how you adjust a diet for the personality type uh, oh, wow. Because what I find is, you know, we've all done programs that are great on paper, right? Yeah. But when you try them, well, they just basically suck. I mean, you, you just really don't enjoy yeah. them and, and you just can't perform well. I'm going to give my own example. Uh, I know that GVT, 10 sets of 10 reps, has been proven time and time and time again to be a great program. I mean, yeah. it has built a lot of muscle on many people. But if I try to do it, I will stop training and pick up dart throwing it within a week. <laughs> my brain just like can't compute doing 10 sets of 10 reps on squats, for example. And I love yeah. squats. I mean, I've done it six days a week when I was an Olympic weightlifter, but there's no way I'm going to do 10 sets of 10 reps on anything. Yeah. I will. It will just bore me to death. And that, I, I, that's because my neurological profile is not well suited to that type of stimulation. And the more you go against your true nature, the harder it is, it is to get results because, well, the training won't motivate you for one thing, 
So you can't train hard if you're not motivated, at least not for long enough to get results, right? Yeah. And also, if the training program goes against your nature, just like everything in life, anything that goes against your nature will enhance the stress response you're gonna get from that thing. So yeah. if your training is far away from what you are built to do, you are drastically increasing the stress reaction from training. Of course, you have the cortisol increase, and that basically will kill your gains, kill your progress, might kill your libido in the long run. No so geez. really, finding the best way to train for you is, in my opinion, what will separate those who are getting great gains and those who aren't. And I will provide the tools to diagnose which kind of personality you are, meaning which neurotransmitter are high, low, and how you play with that with training. And I know that uh, some courses have talked about it in the past using the Braverman assessment, for example, but the Braverman is actually incorrect in, in several regards. In fact, in two specific examples, it gives you the exact opposite of what's actually in your body. So uh, I, my, the system I'm going to teach is really easy to understand, and I'm actually going to go in great depth to make sure that people actually understand the complete science behind it and why that affects your trading decisions. Because it's all about writing better programs, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's nice and well to know the science, but really what we're doing this for is as coaches to be better at creating programs for our, for our clients. And if they get better results and if they enjoy the experience more, then we're going to keep them as clients for much longer. Absolutely fascinating. You mentioned, uh, I'll go first, Tommy. Yeah, so you mentioned, uh, you know, science there, you threw that out a couple of times there towards what you're saying. So is this, uh, for our listeners, they might be aware of the, the, the dopamine dominant traits and the acetylcholine, yeah. the, the GABA, the serotonin. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're referring to. And, and, and is it there does some play decent... a big role in the system. It does play, yeah. but, but again, most people misunderstand the role of each neurotransmitter when it comes to training. For example, you know, being, I don't see people as being acetylcholine dominant. I'm using the Cloninger model, which is the most proven in personality assessment. And it's actually been proven that a certain personality type has a neurotransmitter dominance or, or imbalance. It's been the most researched one. They actually okay. conducted tests on actual neurotransmitter measures based on your personality profile. And acetylcholine is not used as one of the dominant neurotransmitters. Acetylcholine basically is uh, something that you add on to your profile and it basically affects how much volume you can tolerate. Now, uh, dopamine does play a big role in what kind of training you should be doing and how you should prepare for your workouts, for example. But what people think of as dopamine dominant is actually the opposite of what's actually inside your brain. When you are dopamine dominant, people assume that your dopamine level is high. In reality, it's the opposite. If you are yeah. dopamine dominant, your dopamine level are low, the baseline level is low, but your receptors are super sensitive to it. So what happens is when you do an activity that releases dopamine, that makes your brain produce more dopamine, since your receptors are so sensitive to it, yeah. you get an hyper response and you become addicted to that feeling. So then you modify subconsciously your behavior to get that feeling again. So that's why people okay. who are quote unquote dopamine dominant like need a lot of variation. They will seek adrenaline activities. Uh, they get bored really, really easily. They, they need to be moving all the time because they need that dopamine spike because 
at the baseline, when they are at rest, their dopamine level is low. So they, they are constantly trying to get that dopamine rush. That's why they behave in that alpha male extroverted kind of way. That's, That's one of the examples of what goes on chemically in your brain, for example. I wouldn't mind digging a little deeper on the chemical thing that you're talking about, Tibbs. So my understanding is that a neurotransmitter is essentially a, a chemical messenger. Yeah, well, it, a neurotransmitter, basically, I, I, I like to use the... Um, the example of they are basically just messengers. That that's what they are. They they help different part of your body receives messages or information or commands uh, from the brain. And that also means that the brain will receive information from the other part of the brain. That's basically how your body communicates mm-hmm. and, and tells you how to act, how to behave, how to function. So mm-hmm. it goes, uh, it will obviously affect the brain, like memory, uh, like uh, motivation, mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. state, for example, yeah. uh, concentration, focus, mood. But it also affects other elements like muscle contraction strength, the, the contraction strength of the heart vasodilatation, uh, all these other variables that actually play a big role in training. Uh, So the neurotransmitters have a very complex interaction with every structure in your body. It's much more than just, well, it will affect the brain and make you like better coordinated or having better memory. It's actually much more profound. It it affects every single system in your body and it affects your stress response. For example, uh, some neurological profile will respond to stress much better than others, meaning that for any given activity, they have a lot less anxiety and a lot lower cortisol release. For example, okay. there's a, a profile which is called arm avoidance. Arm avoidance have a very high level of baseline anxiety because they have low serotonin level. So they are not good at handling stressful situation. In any given moment in their day, they are constantly overproducing cortisol. Mm. That's why these people have a hard time building muscle mass. It's not that they are genetically not built to build muscle, it's that they are so over-responsive to stressful situation that hormonally speaking, they become messed up, they become very catabolic. But at the base, it is from a neurological problem, not a hormonal problem. So yes, you can attack the hormonal issue, but it's only a band-aid and it won't work forever. You have to work at the root of the problem, which is the neural capacity to tolerate and handle stress. Otherwise, it it, it will never give long-lasting results. And where does all this start, Christian? So is a person dopamine dominant just because their brain is set up that way? That's true. Those the percentage of receptors they have, or is it because of the way they were brought up or experiences earlier in life? Like how does all this, yeah, how does it start? Well, it's the the good old nurture versus nature argument, right? The debate. I mean, in psychological circles, it's been around for a while. Uh, It is my belief, and I've talked to many experts in that regard, that uh, the genetic genetic predisposition will count for about 70% of what we could call the personality. And to me, the personality, it's only the uh, external demonstration of your neurochemical balance. So the way you act is because you have a certain chemical balance in your brain. That's why we act the way we do. That's why, personally, I'm very introverted well, and you know, I'm very introverted when I'm in a regular social situation. I'm going to give you an example. My profile is this, right? I have a low baseline level of noradrenaline. 
And because I have a low baseline level of noradrenaline, uh, no my confidence level is very low. So under normal circumstances, my self-esteem, my confidence level is low. But what happens is my adrenaline receptors are super sensitive. So if you put me in a situation where I overproduce adrenaline, then my confidence goes through the roof. You guys have seen me present in, for, in front of a crowd. Mm. Well, when I present in front of a crowd, adrenaline is sky high. So I'm super confident. I'm almost alpha male-like. I mean, the best presentation I've ever gave was at the Swiss Symposium. There were 300 people in the crowd. Uh, Dorian Yates was there. John Meadows was oh, there. Awesome. Um, uh, Bill Kazmaier was there. Dr. Scott Stevenson was there. Mindy O'Brien, which is the, like, the figure girl at that, of my dream when I was growing up, was <laughs> like, right in front of me, right? Yeah. So adrenaline was sky high. And I gave the best presentation ever. But you, you've talked to me under non-presentation situation and yeah. I'm a totally different person, right? Yes. I, I, I'm, Very I'm not reserved. outspoken, I don't talk, I don't direct a conversation, very yeah. low key. And if you put me in a situation, you bring me to a bar, a club, well, I'm the guy who will hide in a corner because my personality is I thrive on being respected, admired. That makes me feel good, increase confidence also. But because of my profile, which I, I can explain chemically, I will not go out to get the respect. So if I walk in a room and I already feel respected and admired, my confidence is through the roof. I can perform. If I walk in a room and nobody knows who I am, I will not act in a way to gain their respect. So I will just hide in a corner. So, so that yeah. is my, my trigger. So, okay. And it won't change. I mean, and that's a big disappointment for everybody who wants to get married or who are married. <laughs> well, you, can, you can't change. You can, yeah. we, are, we can change the way we act on our emotions. But you can't change how you perceive or how you get emotional under certain circumstances. It can only affect. And I believe actually that if you try to become somebody else, yeah. It will just lead to an internal conflict, a conflict. which will create yeah. a big stress response. Lots of suicide from the military, I believe, that are from the military forces you to be a different person than what you're born to be. And when you are taken out of that military context with the support and everything, then you have that internal conflict, which leads to depression and could lead to suicide. Let's come back to YouTube. So now we know that about your personality. I guess, you know, if there's a lot of weight on a bar and you need to tap into Ooh, um, adrenaline's pumping get some there, adrenaline brother. pumping, you've got all those hypersensitive receptors that respond to it really well, you can lift a heavy weight. So is that a good way to program for you or does that drain your system? It's funny because for a long time, I actually, well, my type, which we call a reward dependent type two. Uh, so it's, uh, I have low baseline adrenaline and I have low GABA. If I had high GABA, I would actually be really sociable. Um, so me, I actually need a fast workout pace because yeah. I need to get that adrenaline high when I'm training. I need to lift heavy. Well, I, actually, I have two ways to train. Uh, I'm going to get into that. But if lifting heavy is a good way for me to train, but not max efforts, like sets of three to six reps on a big compound movement works really well. If you go to sets of one and two, it puts me in a pressure situation. And yeah. reward dependent type two, they choke under pressure. 
reward dependent type one, they really perform well under pressure. That's all going to be covered in, in the seminar. Mm. Uh, but that also really important when you work with athletes. Let's say you work with a bodybuilder or a physique competitor. Well, if they are like me, reward dependent type two, well, they don't overproduce cortisol under normal situation, but they will overproduce cortisol under competitive situation. So that's why, for example, in physique competitions, these people are really hard to peak because the stress of the competition increases their cortisol so much that they retain water and it becomes really hard to store muscle glycogen because cortisol is a mobilization hormone. It will actually take the glycogen out of the muscle and you become really, really inefficient at storing the, muscle, the, the glycogen inside the muscle, making you look fuller. And also cortisol increases the anti-diuretic hormone. So cortisol makes you retain water. So under normal circumstances, I don't hold water that much. If you put me in a stressful situation, like when I'm presenting, well, if you look at me, I can I get naked after a seminar, which rarely happens. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> well, maybe uh, in Sydney. Maybe in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. Well, so Sydney is a great place, so not everything could happen there. Yeah. But um, but if you look at me at the end of a seminar, I honestly look five kilos fatter and five kilos smaller because of the cortisol pulls the water out of the muscle and makes it return subcutaneously. So I, I look worse because of that. But the same thing happens with these people when they do a bodybuilding competition. And that's why they will look great two weeks out, one week out. You do a perfect peaking procedure, but they miss their peak for some reason. Either they're flat or, or they're retaining water. That's because of the stress response from training. These same people, like I was, when I competed in Olympic weightlifting, I could snatch 140 in training and I could miss 115 in competition. Whereas I could power snatch that for five reps. I, I, I overproduce cortisol leading up to the competition. So if you know the profile of somebody, then you can know how to train them and, and how to prepare them for a contest. But for me, I find that I need to gain the respect of others. So of course, lifting heavy works. But yeah. for me, the biggest turnoff if I'm training is not having a good mind-muscle connection during an exercise. Reward dependent are typically muscle driven. Like the, the, you have the opposite, which are like the novelty seekers, like the sprinters, uh, people who are high energy, sky high libido. They probably have like five girlfriends uh, <laughs> and they can go really, really, really hard, but for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, for example, always wanting to do high adrenaline stuff. And uh, these people have a great stress response, but, and they are neurally driven. So for them, focusing on mind-muscle connection, feeling the muscle, slow tempo, squeezing, one and a quarter rep, these kind of things will annoy them to death because to, to feel an exercise, they actually need to challenge your nervous system. Actually, the novelty seekers will do great for bodybuilding with cheating reps, like cheating curls, bouncing their squat, bouncing their bench. I'm not advocating bad form, but these people actually, the more they challenge the nervous system, the better they feel, the better results they get. I've trained many bodybuilders like that. Me, when I do an isolation exercise or even a, a compound movement for building muscle, the weight I use is not important if I don't feel that strong mind-muscle connection. If I'm yeah. doing an exercise, I don't feel a good mind-muscle connection, after one set, I'll drop the exercise. I do that instinctively because it will just kill my motivation. I want to get the fuck out of there. Also, mm -hmm. on a big movement, 
For me, if I feel incompetent, if I don't feel that my take technique is on point, if something feels wrong, it is also very hard for my motivation. Novelty seekers, they don't really mind about that. As long as the weight's going from point A to point B, they don't mind. But me, reward dependent, you need to feel competent in an exercise to stay motivated because I am muscle dominant, not neural dominant, which is kind of hard because I did Olympic weightlifting, but that was only because I wanted to be recognized as a strong person. I was not strong enough for powerlifting. I was not muscular enough for bodybuilding. Nobody was doing Olympic lifts back then. So I said, well, it's going to be really easy to be the best Olympic lifter in my, in my city because nobody's <laughs> doing it. So that was the only reason why I started doing Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. This is absolutely uh, fascinating, Thibs, and, and Tommy uh, and I will probably agree with what you said, you know, like uh, few and far between a, a perfect program, you know. We'll write a program, some will just, just really click and, and, and gel with the, with the athlete mm-hmm. or the, the client we're training, and then others just, just miss the mark for whatever reason, and um, this is really cool. What I love more uh, than anything else with, with, with the likes of Christian and, and, and Poliquin and, and these guys from where, where I came from, uh, you know, six or seven years ago before I got exposed to these types of uh, strength coaches, uh, was putting method to the madness. You know, we sort of gravitate to a, a certain way of training because we, we, we like it or just, just feel good, you know, training heavy. But, well, there's method to the madness. Let's break it down a little bit further. And I'm, I'm really excited that, you know, Christian's going to um, reveal his insight into this so we can actually be a little more strategic rather than, oh, so-and-so responds really well with three to sixes, so, so I just keep him there. Or, you know, so-and-so, uh, the physique athlete, I know I can't push them too hard in the end because they, they retain a little bit of water. Yeah, exactly. I've got to I've got to pull back a little bit at the end and, and they peak perfectly. Well, it sounds like uh, Christian may have actually created a, a course content where we, where we can put method to all this madness yeah. and, and, and a little yeah. bit more right. and precision. Even if you just look at variation, right? In people yeah. like us, right? We, we are in love with training, so we, we like all these methods. We like to try new exercises, stuff like that. It's hard to imagine for us that some people are actually turned off by variation. I mean, we feel yeah. the need to completely change a program every three or four weeks, yeah. sometimes six. But there are actually some people, two profiles out of five, that are actually turned off or demotivated by too much variation. That's me. Uh, the arm avoidance, they actually they could stick to the same exact exercises for 12 weeks. And in fact, if you change the exercise, variation itself represent a stress response for them. So for about two or three weeks until they feel comfortable with the new lift, they have an increased stress response. They might actually lose muscle because of it. I mean, that's the extreme case, but it can happen, especially if they are dieting down. So in some cases, especially let's say you are working with some of these people for for whom variation is a stress and you're training them for a physique contest. Well, the last month prior to a contest, don't introduce new exercises. Go with the ones they are the most comfortable with to avoid any possible stress. You're not going to build any muscle anyway at that point. So just make sure that you don't create that cortisol response that will completely mess up their peak. I believe that with many people, uh, because those who are naturally attracted to bodybuilding tend to fall in the category where uh, they are more reward dependent. So they are overproducing cortisol under stressful situation. So I think that most of them miss their peak, not because the strategy was not good. I mean, honestly, if you are ready, stage ready two weeks out, there should be no way you miss your peak. You could be like 
okay, I'm not as full as I should have been. Maybe I could have dropped a little bit more water, but never should you miss your peak completely. So if yeah. you completely miss it, it can only be because of stress. So if you manage the stress response, then you can better peak uh, for competition. Okay. And it, it goes further than that, really. I mean, it, it, depending on your personality, the way you interact as a coach plays a big role. Uh, for some people, uh, like trying to like uh, like like giving them like little insult for motivation will work great. If you challenge their manhood, for example, I mean, there's no way you're gonna get that squat. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're gonna fall on your ass. That's just gonna motivate them more to get that squat. If you tell that to somebody else, it will crash their confidence. They get anxious. If they get anxious, the flexors tighten up and they can't make the lift. So, so it really depends on the person you're working with. So that's why, for example, as a coach, I mean, you guys are, are both tremendous coaches. You work with a lot of athletes. Well, you know that you. you naturally click with some people. Yeah. And with yeah. some other people, it's really hard. You just don't get them. Yeah. It's because exactly. we have our coaching style and our coaching style will not work with everybody. So either the client is not comfortable with our coaching style or we have to change how we behave and then we're not comfortable. But yeah. we can actually, at least if we understand our client works, we can actually know why we have to change and get a bit more comfortable with that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, I'm one of those guys that uh, if you you know, try and say silly things to motivate me or, or heaven forbid you actually touch me and slap me on the back. Let, let's <laughs> yeah. go for it, man. I'm, it's like, okay, I'm not training now. <laughs> Put yeah. the weights yeah, away. Exactly. And yeah. it's funny, like uh, not to name names, where we used to work, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I was coached by, uh, by someone there and um, credit where credit's due. It was a, an amazing experience, learned a lot. But the, the coaching style was a lot of that, that yelling and screaming. And, and yeah. I remember at the time, just yeah. I'm not going to lift any heavier if you're yelling at me, like, it's just it's a wasted energy on your behalf. You know, the, the, I did what work I could do, but it didn't motivate me in any way, shape, or form. Like it's just just pointless. Like, what are you doing that for? Like, seriously, do mm. not need to do it. it either I can lift the weight or I can't. Sounds, yeah. You know, so it's actually yeah. I'm interested. I'm curious to find out what I am, Tom. Yeah. Yes. Well, and of course, I'm actually going to give you guys the tools I use in the test, and also which questions I ask on top of the test. I'm actually uh, creating my own tests. Because the one I'm using right now is not at the level I like, uh, so I'm guessing there's my my test is going to be ready in about I would say two or three weeks, depending on how fast my tech crew is going. The test itself is 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 done, but to put it in app format might take a few weeks. Okay. But uh, it's going to be really easy. And um, well, I'm going to give you all the. It's going to be 12 hours. So and it's of course I spend a lot of time explaining the profile, explaining yeah. the chemical balance of the profile how they behave how to act how to plan every single variable um on training mm. but i'm also going to talk about uh, how to create specific programs so if you're working with a physique athlete who is of that type how should you plan training? Oh, wow. if you're yeah, working cool. with a rugby player with that type i should how should you plan training so so that's gonna be a really complete course i've I, i've given it uh four times so far i've actually had people cry at the end of the class. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't get awesome. tears from me. I'm emotionless. But, yeah. And also you mentioned... Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that's the Asperger's. Uh, but also at the start, you mentioned nutrition there. Is there also a, a nutritional yeah. element like certain profiles are going to uh, yes. uh, lean more towards, uh, I'm assuming, more carbohydrate-fueled training or more protein-fat uh, style of training? And supplementation, do you touch on that as mm. well? 
yeah, yeah. Uh, every aspect, of course. And, wow. and you, you, you're right, some profile just actually for, take the uh, profile that is called the novelty seeker type one. The, nat the, 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 the sprinters, the people who are yeah. like always fidgeting, all that stuff. These people have uh, low dopamine and high serotonin in the normal state, but the eye are super responsive to dopamine. Now these people will actually function really well on low carbs and higher fat intake, <clears throat> but they actually need a lot higher protein. So they would go like fairly high protein, low carbs, moderate fat. The reason is this, okay, <clears throat> and that's a concept I, I, I really spent a lot of time uh, on at a seminar because it's really important to understand. To be motivated, to have drive to train, to have aggressiveness in the gym, to be able to do the volume and not lose motivation, your dopamine level has to be higher than your serotonin level. <clears throat> so that's why, for example, take a typical sprinter or, or a very, very highly skilled, like a natural athlete, natural explosive athlete. They walk in a gym, it's almost like they are asleep. Like they, 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 they are dragging their that's feet. Fine. And it takes them forever to want to get started. They talk to everybody, <laughs> and then they get to start a workout. And it, you look at them, and it, it, it looks painful. But once the switch is on, on, they are complete machine, super explosive, strong, fast. The reason is this. When they come in, their dopamine level is lower than serotonin. And when they start to train, their training, especially because they are explosive, though, so they're really trying to kill that weight, every set increases the dopamine level. So when dopamine exceeds serotonin, then they're in the zone. Their motivation is high. Now, you, you guys both know that if you go low carbs, the one side effect of low carbs is it decreases serotonin, especially in the long run. So if these guys lower their serotonin by having a lower carbs intake, it's going to be much easier to get their dopamine to exceed serotonin, which is a prerequisite to have eye training energy motivation. So these people will actually have more energy, more motivation in training if they go on a low carbs diet, provided that their caloric intake is sufficient for their needs. They also need more protein because they need the amino acids to fabricate dopamine. They need the tyrosine, they need the phenylalanine, they need the L-dopa, otherwise they can't produce dopamine. So they need a higher protein intake than most other types. So these are the people, for example, <clears throat> who would do great on a high protein, low carbs diet. You have other types like the arm avoidance I mentioned earlier. Those who are introverted, conservative, uh, they are great at planning. They are planning every single details. They love to crunch numbers. Um, and these people normally are more anxious and they overproduce cortisol. That's because their serotonin level is lower. Now these people, don't give them a low carbs diet because you're going to crash their serotonin. Now, if you crash serotonin, you get depression symptoms, uh, you can't focus, uh, you don't yeah. want to train. So, uh, and on top of that, you overproduce cortisol because you need to mobilize more energy. So these people that are already overproducing cortisol already over, are over anxious. When you cut their carbs, it's going to backfire on them unless they take supplements that can actually balance serotonin. But that is strictly for physique competition, in my opinion. But these, that are the, like it's it's the two wow. extremes mm. to explain how the nutrition should be adapted to your style, the profile, your neurological profile. Because the neurological, yes, the hormonal profile is super important. But I believe that a lot of what is your hormonal profile is due 
to your neurological profile, especially how you handle stress. I mean, look at <clears throat> the sprinters, for example, or the people who are super competitive, who thrive under competition settings. These people who are super extroverted always need to be the center of attention. These people normally have very high testosterone level. They are very high libido, always running around uh, at girls or, or guys, depending on what you like. So, <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with that. No. Yeah, no, exactly. So, so that's because they have such a great capacity to tolerate stress because of their high serotonin level that they don't produce that much cortisol, which means that they can produce more testosterone because both hormones are produced from the same raw material. So if you underproduce cortisol, you have more material to produce testosterone. So I really believe that a lot of people who have hormonal problems, yes, you can try to fix the hormonal problems, but it's a band-aid until you fix your stress response. Christian, when um, Charles came out into Australia and did his the, advanced, program, the advanced design. program design course, and I guess that must have been three or four years ago now, Rodin, that we, yeah. that we did that, and I thought about, obviously, my own profile quite yep. a lot. And then if I think about who I was then and three or four years on now, mm. I feel like I'm quite a different person. I, um, the way I think about the world... You know, maybe all the meditation and stuff like that has changed the way my brain works a little bit. The witch doctory. Yeah. Is it possible for a, a neurotransmitter profile of a person to sort of evolve over time or is hard-wired. it chemically hardwired? Well, it's it, again, it's probably hardwired 70%. Yeah. Uh, but you can optimize your own nature. From experience, you can probably migrate one personality profile up or down but you can't migrate two or three. Mm. Uh, so if you are naturally low dopamine, high serotonin, you won't become high serotonin, low dopamine, unless you have an accident, brain, brain injury. Yeah. Uh, well, you can, you can actually have low dopamine and low serotonin because you crash your serotonin because of several reasons. But normally, you can optimize your own brain chemistry by training the right way, by having positive life experiences, by learning how you function under certain situation and adapting your behavior. So now a situation doesn't represent a stress anymore. So if it doesn't yeah. represent a stress anymore, then you have the cascade of hormones that will not be as negatively affected. Mm. Because if you don't overproduce cortisol, testosterone is affected, DHEA is affected, androstenedione is affected. Uh, aldosterone is affected. So all these hormones will be in better balance if you have a better stress response. So I believe that you can't change your profile, <coughs> but you can optimize, optimize it. your true nature. Exactly. You can learn, okay, these are my triggers. I can recognize when something's happening inside of me. Okay, I'm getting that emotional reaction because of this, this and that. And you can decide to change your behavior. Mm. And by changing your behavior, you lessen the stress response. You actually feel proud of yourself. You feel better about yourself. So, so yes. the profile doesn't change, but your personality can be affected. That's great. And this is interesting because I'm starting to get a bit of a, an insight as to uh, yeah. w what else I can take away from this course because... 
Christian, you obviously work with a lot of athletes. Rawdon, you work with athletes. Mm-hmm. More and more these days, I have general pop people, and I'm really enjoying yeah. moving into that space and the whole lifestyle optimization side yeah, of things. Yeah, I love that. Aside from designing a program for them, if you could work out a, a neurological pattern or a state and identify yeah. these triggers and, and yeah. work on yeah. emotional responses, it could enhance their whole Existence. life and, and reduce their stress across Completely. the board in the, in the work totally. environment or anywhere. Totally. I mean, and let's face it. I mean, if you have a client, I mean, of course, some clients you will see them once a month, but many clients you can actually see them two, three or four times a week. Now, if you actually understand that client's profile and, um, and, and of course the test will get you a, a, a good idea, but spending time with them actually will confirm or infirm uh, the diagnostic. So the better you know them, the better you can interact with them. But think about it. If these people see you four hours a week, well, you're much better than a shrink if you know how to give them the tools to tolerate life stress. Because oftentimes, I mean, the trainer, the personal trainer becomes the best friend, becomes a therapist. And now I, I will allow people to actually have the tools to better understand their clients totally. I mean, uh, yeah. and that's a big part of it. I think that the gen pop are the clients that will benefit the most from their coach learning this material. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, generally the, the elite athletes will, will know, well, have a feeling well, of actually, which, which, uh, which way they'll gravitate, but the uh, gen pop yeah, the will sport, have zero You, you will naturally gravitate toward the sport that your brain chemistry is built to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you will never have a rugby player who's harm avoidance. Arm avoidance, they, they don't like unplanned events. They don't like physique, physical contact. Uh, they are not extroverted. They don't like high adrenaline. So they will be it's attracted me. to sports like triathlon, swimming, stuff like that, but not to rugby, for example. So that's why I always ask people, what's your sporting background? Because the sport they were naturally attracted to actually gives you a clue about their personality. Absolutely fascinating, and, and and one thing again is is becoming uh, apparent. Uh, talking to Tippy Toes for the last uh, half an hour or so, Tommy, it's uh, it's coming back to that devil that uh, that destroys everything. It's that stress, and yeah. and, and and another uh, vast array of tools to to mitigate the stress and control the stress. Because it doesn't matter who, what spectrum of the industry you're from, I think everyone across the board uh, agrees that that stress is 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 one fundamental that if we can get a handle on it the digestion's better the muscle gains are better the performance is better the sleep's better life's better your ability to handle the toxic world we live in is better i mean everything revolves around controlling stress so at the very 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 least it sounds like you're going to have another uh, tool tools in the toolbox to mm. to have a handle on, on on stress and and you know yourself and i know when when you do get the upper hand on stress for the individual shit just starts to happen like yeah. it should you know they yeah. start putting muscle on they start recovering their performance goes up you know they they, they don't hold fluid when they come into the physique show so this is uh, i'm really looking forward to this one tommy this is this is a big one I think. yeah and, and let's get into i mean you know we'll put the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit christian let's you know neurotransmitter profile aside there are fundamentals of program design frequency yep. volume intensity exactly. rawdon's been really really working his high frequency training with his athletes getting great hypertrophy results across the board awesome. so where do we find this delicate balance between sticking to tried and tested principles and the neurological profile of your client well, I, I believe that <clears throat> the tried and true principles will always be true I mean, that, that's why they're true, right in true principle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the neurotransitor profile, 
or typing, it, it doesn't change the science of training. Yeah. But we know that there are more than one way to scale. I'm personally, I'm more like Rodden, I'm more on the frequency end of the spectrum. Personally, that's because that's what I respond the best to. Uh, if I want a muscle to grow, I need to train it three times a week, ideally, sometimes even more. Um, yeah. But and I, I respond really well to two daily sessions that are shorter, for example. Uh, but but not everybody responds well to that. And but if you understand the basic principle of overload, uh, of creating fiber fatigue, because as Zatsiarski said, a muscle fiber was recruited but is not fatigued, is not being stimulated or not being trained. Yeah. You take all these principles and they still apply, but which one you emphasize, which yeah. each person will depend on their profile. So mm. what somebody might be better suited for intensity. Some people might be better suited for volume. Some people might need yeah. more variation than others. Yep, 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 Some yep. people might need uh, better mind-muscle connection focus than others. So, so it's still the same uh, recipe, yeah. but you just emphasize one ingredient or two more with certain personalities. Yeah. I mean, the basic principles are still there, but how you apply them depends on, on, on the brain of the person you're working with. I, lo I love this, Tom, because mm. that, that's cool. It's not like uh, Christian saying, ah, forget everything you know about frequency, volume, uh, intensity, progressive overload, variation. No, we're still using all that. But when you uh, work out the neurotransmitter profile, then you can lean more towards more uh, frequent mesocycles or more frequent variation within the mesocycle and but all the the key fundamentals that that, that we know and christian's spoken about before they're still tried and true they're yep. the fundamentals of hypertrophy strength uh, program design mesocycle design but now we can we can actually and, and this is cool because we can actually uh create mesocycle after mesocycle which get this not that i'm uh, care too much about this but which your client or your athlete will actually enjoy and actually yes, exactly. you know what i mean yes. like oh this is this is this is hard rodan you know like uh, pff, yeah, don't Shut care. Up, do it yeah. just do it you know <laughs> your physique and better i got you for five months and follow the plan but but uh you know how good would it be for for the the, the athlete or the individual you're working with to actually enjoy every yeah. uh, just an, a, a natural um, and we took organic, organic experience every mesocycle it's just this, this, this yes. growth of the individual as they optimize their true nature yeah and as, it, and, as and a it, person and it probably will, yeah. wouldn't happen like if, if you learn what, what uh, Christian's going to uh, talk about at the seminar wouldn't necessarily and, and correct me if I'm wrong Christian wouldn't instantly be a okay wow you know next week hey I feel amazing this is great this is my style of programming it's probably like everything else physiologically in the body it's going to take a, a program or two but over time yeah. uh, is when you see a true also, benefit <clears throat> what I'm saying is that <clears throat> all of you guys and all the guys who will be there are, are probably already awesome coaches for most most cases and they have lots of experience so they probably have close to the same or even more experience than I do coaching people. So who am I to say, all right, you have to use these methods. What, yeah. what I'm here to coach you, to teach you is, well, with that kind of personality, here are the type, the kind of training that will work the best. And I give example of what's the optimal volume, intensity, frequency, variation, uh, the better peaking procedure, how should you deload, how often should you deload, awesome. but then, you from your own experience 
Yeah. You can just take that information and build your own system from yeah. it. And yeah. the last thing I want is to give people cookie cutters recipes. Yeah. That's not me. That's not me. I, I, I want to teach. I want these people to understand that system. And more importantly, I want these coaches to make that system theirs. Mm. And I, I don't care about saying, okay, this is Thibodeau's system. He invented it. I don't care about that. I didn't invent it. It was there. I just put all the pieces together. Uh, and you know what? You guys will learn the system and you will modify it from your own experience. Yes. You will probably find that some of the things I say are not exactly the same as you experience because we all have different experiences. And you would be foolish to not include your own experience and modify the system. I'm going to give you an example. I've given that course four times yet, and every single time I change it slightly depending on the questions and interaction I have. Mm. The base material is the same, but I include more and more elements to fit with the new stuff I'm learning. So if you really put the effort in understanding exactly what's going on, the cool thing is that you will make that system your own, and you will just bring it inside of your own system and blend them together and create a monster and that's what yeah, i want yeah. people to create yeah <laughs> i love yeah. monsters uh, what you've described there is exactly the process that i had used with a number of those training systems you went through christian i'd think about it and i'd write a, a modified descending wave ladder Ooh, as opposed yeah. to just a wave ladder and figure out ways to work it with a cool. potential client so I'm, I'm looking forward to it before we wrap it up mate uh, this is really interesting how you came about all this and, and I dare say there's been a level of introspection over the years as you've battled with trying to figure out why you are the way you are and, and last time you were out we had a you and myself and Rawdon spoke about your Asperger's syndrome and how mm. you manage that in your life and I was uh, training one of my clients yesterday and he asked who we're talking to I said oh we got Tibbs on tomorrow and he said yeah. What is uh you know what's, what, day what's day? a day in the life of Tibbs like? And I said oh, I don't know. I'll ask him. So what what, what do you uh, how do you manage your your in- mental state and what do you do on a day to day basis these <coughs> days, Tibbs? Well, to be honest, I don't do a lot on a day to day basis. <laughs> That's <laughs> one thing about being Asperger. I like to be alone I, because I don't. I'm not comfortable interacting with people, especially not new people. Uh, under seminar setting, it's different because I have a different persona. Uh, but you know, I have many quirks. For example, going to a restaurant is really hard for me because if I can't identify the food because I didn't cook it, it's really hard for me to eat it, which actually makes it really hard, uh, really easy to stick to a diet because I will eat like a plain chicken or plain meat, uh, for example. <clears throat> it also is great for my couple because I, I really have a hard time with physical contact. So really, I, I can't hook up for a girl for a weekend, for example. <laughs> so sorry to disappoint all the girls who will be coming to the seminar. Don't <laughs> <waste your> time. <laughs> so, so that's good for my relationship. But again, that was problematic for many years because my wife is a really more sensual kind of person. She likes physical contact. So Ooh, she would tricky. walk behind me and just grab me and, and try, uh, try to caress me. But me, it's a big turnoff. It's like I, I freeze completely so we actually had sexual problems for a long time because and she thought that i didn't love her i didn't desire i didn't find her sexy and it was really really hard on a relationship until that i found out exactly why uh, i had problems with intimacy with uh, with physical contact and then we fixed that and we find different ways and now it's getting it's great now 
but um, that's fascinating. It actually makes her more secure about our, our relationship for a long time because I never go to her family, and uh, I we don't I don't sleep naked. We don't cuddle when we sleep. She, she find that really hard, but now she understands why. So 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 it's much easier in a relationship now. But she's been really really good through the process because she really accepts me for who I am, mm. and, and re- honestly very few women would actually put up with who I am because <laughs> Asperger, I, I don't like to do many activities. Uh, I, I, when I talk, I talk for hours, but I won't make like small talk. So mm. it's, it's about a it's, topic you can uh, go, but yeah, all the things that the girls need, I, I don't really provide. <laughs> I, I, I'm not romantic. Yeah. So, so she was really, really, I mean, I couldn't tell you stories about when I, yeah. when I made her eat on the floor and stuff like that. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. now, now it's going great. Now it's, it's, we, we had a rough patch, yeah. uh, but it, it's been great. And, and finally understanding why I am the way I am unlocked everything for me. Yeah, I'm super yeah. comfortable with who I am now. It actually steered my uh, me in the direction of doing that study on the psychological aspect of training. I've always been into that because I, I'm coming from a, a house where both my parents are psychologists, and I worked for them for many years. So um, okay. I, I actually worked in a psychology office before I was a trainer. So I was always attracted to that, but knowing who I am actually pushed me to the direction in such a way that I want this to be what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. you're able to actually embrace embrace your true nature yeah. and uh, really target that, that keen interest in one specific area, which yeah. is training. Yeah. Yeah. I can actually make fun of myself now with the, the zipper thing. And yeah. Anyway, I can't, I yeah, can't well, wear that blue jacket well, anymore. We, so. we make fun of you too. We call it hamburger syndrome, hamburger you syndrome. Know, behind your back. Of course, we wouldn't say that to your face. Uh, you know, just, uh, Tell that just to Charles, how we react. <laughs> no, no, no. That one, cut that out, Tom. Yeah. Well, okay, that's absolutely fascinating. And, um, you know, it sounds like we will. Uh, there'll be no uh, couple swinging while you while you're here in Sydney. No uh, setting up a, a a date with a foursome or anything with uh, some others. I have some stories about that though, because with the proper amount of alcohol, it can actually happen. But right. that's another that's story. A, uh, that's yeah. for the uh, the R-rated version of the program. Yeah. Absolutely awesome to chat with you again today. Uh, I'm really really looking forward to um to seeing the presentation when you're here in Sydney. So um, absolute pleasure having you on. It's been great, and sorry for the voice. I'm, I'm just really see I, when I get emotional. It, 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 it's really, it's weird. I don't know why. I used to lose my voice every single year for six years around the holidays because I would get emotional going to the families. It really was a stress. So now I'm so emotional with that material that actually yeah. makes me lose my voice again. So hopefully yeah, it's going to be fine in Sydney. Yeah, and, yeah. and a bit of a uh, an expose on the podcast today, so uh, the listeners will get a bit of a taste uh, of what's coming even, up. It's not even one percent of the material. Wow, <laughs> it's two days. Two days might not be long enough. Uh, I can talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, all right, Tibbs, well, mate, thank you so much for that. Uh, have a, a nice flight out to Perth. Yep. Um, good luck over 20, there. Twenty-five hours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. have the computer open, be fine-tuning all the content, no doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Tweaking it. Like three capsules of Phenibit. That, that stuff puts me to sleep like nothing, and, and I'm groggy for 10 hours, yeah, completely passing out. Good. I have I have three Valium. So we're sort of similar, you know? Like, <laughs> I go the pharmaceutical, you go the, uh, the nutraceutical. Yeah. Love it. 
Okay, mate. I'll, uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks, Tibbs. All right, thanks, guys. See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Food for thought, though, Tom. Yeah, it really is. Mm. I like Tibbs. Uh, what's not to like? I There's mean, that nothing, guy's yeah. a legend. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's a legend. I'm, yeah. I'm sure the end of his life and career and, you know, 100 years' time when yeah. we're all dead and buried. No, 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 no. No, peptides. Bro. Peptides, yes. 200. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you there. Yeah, or 120. 120, I think that's... So I'm, I think that's, I'm 30 now, 120, <laughs> so... Yeah, I've got a few years left. But uh, maybe posthumously, uh, Tibbs will Word go down as, uh, you know, a legend of the industry. Yeah. If it, well, he is already. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's so be. some killer content in there. Yep. Uh, foolish if you're not going to do the seminar. Yes. Quite. We are a little biased, but uh, but that being said, uh, damn, it sounds exciting, man. Like, uh, I was going to try and sit sit on the fence with this one, but I, I, I think I'm going to have to, uh, you know, come along to that one. We're not deviating from tried and tested principles. No. Frequency. Frequency, volume, volume intensity. Volume for hyper. All this yep. stuff still and exists. He will go through variation. Pro- yeah, programming methods, program design, periodization, exercise selection. Mm. He's, you know, all of that kind of stuff, but in the context of establishing, a, I guess, a neurological profile and with the goal of optimizing the true nature of yes. your client and your own mm. self mm. Uh, through training and in life. Well, you know what I really love, Tom? I think you could safely say that is a more organic process. And, yes. Uh, you know, we don't, we didn't create the Millennium Noggin, you know, we're not standing here, well, sitting here with our thongs off, rubbing the toes in the, the, the shag pile carpet, you know, that doesn't grow on trees. You know, it's organic. It just evolves. Evolves, yes. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that one. And that starts, I think, uh, Perth first. And then, uh, like you said, what are the dates again? So, Perth, May 27th, 28th. Yep, that's pretty much upon us, yeah. Sydney, June 3rd and 4th. Okay, yep. Melbourne, June 10th and 11th. With the Glossops and Tough Team over in Perth and Iron Game Fitness with the legend that is Sam Hanna in Melbourne. Yep. Absolutely awesome, Tommy. I'm looking forward to it. I guess uh, I'll see you there. Info at iconph.com.au for the tickets. Uh, under the bar discount with the uh, balls, balls deep. deep. One word if you want to. Balls deep it. Balls. Uh, otherwise, two <laughs> words. Balls yeah. deep. Very good. Balls deep.